Good morning, everybody. This is James with 77 Financial Group. You're listening to 15 Minutes of Finance, where in the next 15 minutes, I'm going to get you excited about investing. Let's jump into it. All right, guys, we have a much more positive news cycle today, which I'm excited about. We've had far too many days of just crappy negative news, and today isn't that day. So I'm excited for that. But before we do it, let's do the term of the day, which is going to be Roth. So the term Roth, R-O-T-H, have no idea what it stands for. I don't know where it came from. All I know is, is I had a buddy growing up. His name was Philip Roth. Shout out Philip. So every time I hear it, every time I think about it, I think about my boy Philip. Uh, he was a good guy. And coincidentally, a Roth IRA is a good investment vehicle and a Roth 401k. So when you have these uh, investment vehicles, 401k, IRA, um, those, those types of retirement plans, there's oftentimes an option for a Roth right? For a Roth contribution. So with a normal IRA, you say you make $50,000 a year and you put away 5,000 one year. When you go to your accountant and say, Hey, here's my tax stuff. Take care of it. He's only going to account for $45,000 as your income because that 5,000 you contributed, it's considered a tax free investment into your IRA. And within the IRA, you can invest in stocks, bonds, um, a whole array of stuff, right? But you're going to be taxed when you retire, when you take the money out of the account, right? And so ideally, the situation, ideally, if you start early enough, is that you have a lower tax bracket now than you will when you're retired. And so if you can pay taxes now at a lower tax bracket because you're worth less than you would be in, you're not worthless, but you're worth less, you're worth less uh, money-wise than you would be when you're in your 60s. So you want to try to pay taxes immediately, as soon as you can. That's what a Roth IRA does. Now, there's limitations and certain restrictions, but for the most part, people fit into this basket if they're just starting investing. Um, so a Roth, same thing. Just take that $50,000 salary you're getting, and you go to your accountant, and you say, yeah, I contributed $5,000 to my Roth IRA. Well, now they're going to take $50,000, going to take total, because you're paying taxes on it now on the time you put the money in the account. But when you retire and you're worth way more, right? Your tax bracket's way higher. You don't pay any taxes on that. So you sort of get a, a, you're betting on future you, uh, which is why I love Roths. And usually for younger people, they're they're a great fit. Um, But anyways, yeah, shout out Philip Roth. Hope you're doing great, man. And um, that's what a a Roth IRA or a Roth contribution is. Okay, let's jump into the news here, everybody. Like I said, really positive stuff. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm not really positive, but more, but positive enough. All right, okay, let's jump into it. Global equity markets are rallying into the weekend, and U.S. futures are following suit as investors appear to have bought the dip. The CDC announcement of lifting mask and social distancing restrictions yesterday is emboldening hopes for a continued strong economic recovery, powered by consumer spending. And we'll get a report on U.S. retail sales for April later this morning, and it should show strength across all sectors following the stimulus checks that went out in March. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I'm, I'm hopeful of that too, I guess. Uh, oil prices are back on the rise as the Colonial Pipeline says operations are on track to be restored by this weekend, but the flow may be slow. The Biden administration is waiving a 100-year-old U.S. trade law to make sure that, the, that there is ample supply. Higher gas prices are going to be a theme all summer, especially as people head back to theme parks. 
U.S. equity markets have been choppy all spring, even as it has made record highs. Volatility, which was asleep nearly all winter, is back in season, baby. The put-to-call ratio, which we will explain later, that's going to be the main topic today. The put-to-call ratio, which measures the ratio of trading volume of put options to call options, or bets that a security or market will decline in the in the near future, have been steadily climbing all month. Okay, that is the news for today, guys. I'm going to explain puts and calls, calls and puts here in a second. Um, that's getting a little into the weeds. That's That's something that... You don't need to hire somebody for, but I would definitely recommend you speak to a professional if you were to ever do those. But let's get into the headlines really quickly because I got some fun headlines here. First, we have uh, not so fun. Uh, Interesting one, but not so fun. The Biden administration has issued a second waiver of U.S. shipping requirements as it seeks to get more fuel to the East Coast in the wake of the Colonial Pipeline shutdown that is causing gas shortages in the Southeast. Okay, so before I read the description of that, guys... um, Biden paid the ransomware. So apparently there was a $5 million ransom that the hackers were requiring and they wanted it paid in Bitcoin or not Bitcoin specifically, but a hard to trace cryptocurrency and they paid it. And then, and then they said they were done. The hacker said, yeah, we're shutting down operation. We got all the money we needed. We don't need to do anything else. So they literally caved to these hackers, $5 million. I can't believe the hackers only asked for $5 million. That makes me think that they're probably not professionals, that they just happen to uh, get lucky. And I don't, I, don't, I don't know anything about hacking, but I do know that hacking a uh, billion-dollar industry and asking for $5 million seems to be a little curious. Because whether you ask for $5 million or you ask for $5 billion, your punishment's going to be the same if you get caught. Just throwing that out there, thought that was weird. So this is what the... Um, Uh, Biden is going to do. The waiver announced late Thursday night gives an unnamed company a limited exemption from the 101-year-old Jones Act, which requires the goods be transported between American ports and other ports be carried on domestically built and crewed ships. So that means that anytime we're moving oil, it has to be U.S. people, U.S. ships, um, and U.S. waterways. Now we're saying, hey, just anybody you can get, come on over. Just get us the gas. That's dangerous for multiple reasons. I mean, it's been around since uh, 101 years, since the 1920s. This thing has been around. So think about that. We're going to just have random people, enemies or friends or foes doing this, um, sending gas to America. A little suspect because we put that gas in all of our cars. I I don't know. I don't know how any of that works. I just thought that was a little weird that we would do that. Um, okay, so here are the fun ones now. Hyundai Motor Group, which owns both the Hyundai and Kia car brands, said it will build electric vehicles in the U.S. as part of a $7.4 billion investment that also covers hydrogen refueling stations and unmanned flying taxis. The investments will be made through 2025, Hyundai said in a statement on Thursday. The, e- the electric vehicles will be made as it is at its assembly plant in Montgomery, Alabama. Look, I can tell you this. If they get going on flying taxis, I am for sure taking a fat flight right out to Montgomery, Alabama, and I want to see these suckers. That would be awesome. Did you guys ever see Meet the Robinsons? That I think it's a Disney movie. It might be Pixar, but it's where he basically gets thrown into the future, I'm pretty sure, and... Like he, he was a, a foster kid. He gets thrown into the future and they have all these crazy inventions. Um, and there was like a T-Rex that they brought back from the past. Anyways, they had a flying vehicle that was like exactly how I picture a flying taxi. And 
I, I don't know. I just think that I just am excited about that. That kind of innovation is really exciting. Um, okay, so this is one that I this was a new one that I learned today. So shares of electric vehicle maker Fisker or Fisker are up 14% in pre-market trading after the company announced plans to make cars in the U.S. with Foxconn, which has manufactured iPhones for Apple. Fisker plans to start production of its first automobile, the Ocean Electric SUV, in Europe in the fourth quarter of 2022, and expects to be in production somewhere in the U.S. in the fourth quarter of 2023. Okay, so that's a company I've never even heard of. So I need to do my own research, being someone who's an advocate for electric vehicles. Um, that's exciting. Foxconn, I'm definitely aware of that company. Interesting that they're trying to get into a car market when they already work with Apple on iPhones when Apple is very interested in making a car. So that relationship, something might have happened between Foxconn and Apple, not sure. Um, That just seems to be a little funny for me. Uh, If you're already working with someone who's doing something that you want to do, you would kind of want to foster that relationship there instead of just going out and getting a, a, a new one with Fisker. But who knows? Excited to see where that where uh, where that takes us here. So, okay. Guys, let me explain to you calls and puts. Listen, this stuff is boring. This is really, really boring. This is the weeds of the investment world. Not even the weeds. Um, so there's a test that I have to take called the Series 7. It's like a, I don't know, a six-hour, 200-question test. I don't even remember what it was. It was so long ago. And you have to pass this test to be able to buy and sell securities. And securities being stocks, options, etc. And puts and calls are amongst that test. So I had to learn how to do puts and calls, calls and puts. Guys, that was the hardest part of the test. And it wasn't hard because the math was difficult. It was hard because you have to have this concept of, you have to like take yourself back a few steps. Almost like you're looking at an investment situation from a third party. So that's kind of what I want you guys to do here. So I have a piece of paper and I'm going to write down um, what it is that I'm trying to do if I can find my notes. Here they are. Okay. So on the left side of my piece of paper, I drew, so a piece of paper, I put a line down the middle, two columns. On the left side, I have call and on the right side, I have put. And then next to call, I have a arrow. So to to the right of call, I have an arrow going up and to the right of put, I have an arrow going down. And so, If you looked at a transaction, right? So person A and person B. Person A wants to buy a stock from person B. Well, there's another way to do this transaction and it's called options. And so there's a call option and a put option. And when you buy a call option, you are buying the right to buy that stock at a certain price. And I know that's complicated. I look at them as coupons. So if I buy one coupon, one call coupon, I can buy a stock at a certain price, no matter if the actual price goes up or down. It's a deal between person A and person B, right? Okay, so now I want you to write this. One call at $1, right? So that's how much it's going to cost to buy ABC stock or a call for ABC stock. And so if person A buys that call to be able to buy the stock at, say, $100. So he, he, person A goes to person B and says, hey, man, look, dude, I don't want to actually buy this stock from you, but I'm willing to um, buy a, a call option um, if you don't mind. And the guy's like, oh, okay, I might like that deal. I'm going to bet that the stock goes, um, I'm going to bet that the stock goes down. And uh, person B is betting that the stock goes down. 
And person A goes, well, I'm betting that it's going to go up. So let's do it. So we make the deal. So you pay, person A pays person B $1. And now in three months, we'll just use that. The contract length is differs. But in three months, you see that the, the price of the stock went up to $110. And you're like, oh, shoot. I'm definitely going to execute this call option. So you call up person B and you go, hey, look, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and execute this call option. I'm going to buy the stock at $100. Because that was what the coupon was for. That was what the call option was for. So now you have $100 or you have you have spent $101, right? But now you have this one stock of ABC stock. Well, the price of ABC stock is at 110 So now you sell the stock. You buy it and then you sell it right away to somebody else. So now you have $110 in cash, right? And you spent $101, so 110 minus 101 is going to be $9. So now you've made a profit of $9 and you never even bought the stock at the initial price. You brought a call, right? A call option, a coupon, the right to buy something at a set price. Hopefully that makes sense. Trust me, I was complicated. It was complicated to me for like three months. I spent so much time trying to do this and it's probably like 20 or 30 questions on the test. Um, out of 200. So it's somewhere around 200. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty lengthy amount, but then a put guys, a put call is the exact opposite. So a put, if I buy a put, I'm buying the right to sell something. So a put is betting that the stock is going to go down. That's why you have that down arrow put down and then call is you're betting that it's going to go up. And guys, this, this, you can get really into the weeds with this. You can do naked calls, covered calls, uh, call options. There's so many different things you guys can do. It gets very, very in the weeds. But I know a lot of people that are not licensed like I am or have designations like me or have a company or anything that make a lot of money doing options. They, they make a lot of money. So it's definitely, it's definitely an option for clients. Like, so for me, for I do that for some of my higher net worth clients, um, I charge more of a fee. So it, it is difficult because now I'm doing extra work. You know, like I said, think of yourself a few steps outside of an initial buy-sell transaction. There's a whole other step and it gets very complicated. So I do charge more for that. Um, a lot of advisors charge insane, insane amount of money for it when it's really, it's not worth that um, to bleed people dry. But Anyways, guys, that is today's episode. I hope you learned something. If you guys have any questions about the the options, I know is probably not the best visual, but if you guys have any questions, give me a shout. I will try and explain better for you. Um, yeah, it's a it's definitely a great investment vehicle, and I definitely definitely do it for a couple clients. So I just it's it's a lot of extra work. So uh, that's it for today, guys. I hope you learned something. As always, invest early, invest often. Have a great weekend.